we need to stop thinking about these people as just a dollar transaction. Like, you get paid X dollars per hour to teach a lesson. That is not a benefit. That is a transaction, right? That's not what we're doing here. We are building a sustainable team of amazing people that are all working towards the same, same hopeful purpose and mission in your school. And in order to stay there for three to five years, that teacher needs benefits that go beyond the paycheck that gets deposited into their account every two weeks. Nate, I don't know if you can relate to this, but as I look back at the progress and growth that I made in my various businesses over the years, I see this pattern. And it's mm. that I got to a certain level of growth and I was happy with that growth. I got to a certain level of success and I felt like there was a wall in front of me that I couldn't get over to kind of go mm. to the next level. And a lot of times they were these topics or areas of business where it felt really big and complex and confusing. And it really just slowed me down. And something that I've noticed as I've worked with clients is that when they come to me and they have this area that, that stops them, that if they can be provided with some vision around that topic, if they can be provided with uh, some basic knowledge, pointing them in the right direction, they will quickly overcome that obstacle. I think what we're going to talk about on today's episode is one of those topics. And it's this topic of employee benefits. Mm. Because what most people do is they start with contractors because it's really, really easy. Hey, let me just pay a flat hourly rate to this person and let them worry about the rest of it. Right? Yep. And this could be true of teachers. It could be true of key team members. It can be true of even of an assistant. Yep. And so what what I wanted to get into today was... How do we help people overcome this confusing mess of law and HR and legal considerations and just talk about how do we take care of the people who are helping us build this vision that we have? And I think this is going to, we've got a lot of information to dig into. And uh, even before we jump into it, I do want to, I just do want to say from the beginning that I think this will apply to folks across a lot of different studio types. Even if you are a single teacher studio owner, I think there's some things that we're going to talk about today that are really going to apply to you. So definitely stay tuned. Um, And yeah, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Daniel. This is Nate. This is the Seven Figure Music School podcast, where we talk about how to grow and run a mission-driven school. And we thank you for tuning in once again as we approach episode 100 here at the end of the year. So Nate, Nate, just from the beginning, yeah. when you think about the topic of employee benefits, you, you were talking my ear off before we hit record here, um, and I kind of wish I'd hit record earlier. When this comes up for you, what are you thinking? Why are we even doing this episode? Yeah, it's well, you hit it on the head already, Daniel, which is like nothing, these walls you reference, nothing we're going to tackle as a business owner is as big and scary as it initially appears. Oh, so true. Right? And... The flip of that is there are no silver bullets. You're not going to just, ma- it's, there's no plug and play to running or learning the craft of business and running a sustainable, really enriching um, small business. So when I think about employee benefits, I think for the longest time, I never even used terms like 
benefits or benefit packages. Whenever I heard the term benefit, Daniel, I immediately just went to like medical healthcare. Like that's mm. the that's what I thought. I thought like, oh, benefits equals do we offer a medical plan for our teachers, which we don't yet, though we did once, we tested it, but we're aspiring to do that, add that to the benefits package. So I think the very first thing for our listeners to gauge here and to just open up this episode with is listen, we're gonna, I'm gonna share exactly what we offer at BMF just to sort of demystify what a benefits package even means. And secondly, we need to stop thinking about these people as just a dollar transaction. Like you get paid X dollars per hour to teach a lesson. That is not a benefit. That is a transaction, right? That's not what we're doing here. We are building a sustainable team of amazing people that are all working towards the same same hopeful purpose and mission in your school. And in order to stay there for three to five years, that teacher needs benefits that go beyond the paycheck that gets deposited into their account every two weeks. So that's what I'm going to open with. I'm just going to say a benefits package can include lots of different um, opportunities for our teachers and our staff. So I'm going to go through that. So that's, that's, that's what I'm going to say right out of the gate. This is not big and scary. This is just a rich conversation around to how to be beneficial to everyone that works in our school. And back to your single teacher comment, Daniel, mm. it's really important that you as an owner in your single um, teacher studio think, how can this place be beneficial to me beyond the dollars? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, there is an aspect of single teacher studio ownership where uh, you could be paying yourself a benefits package. There, we're going to talk about some HR stuff here that you've potentially never considered totally. some tax and legal implications. And uh, I think that'll be valuable and useful to you. You know, before we jump into all that, Nate, let's talk a little bit about the sponsors of this podcast. One of the reasons we do this is because we have sponsors like um, grouplessons.com and big music games. And I'm going to just quickly say for all of our listeners that have been following us for almost a hundred episodes, you know, that Brooklyn music factory is based on a game based, uh, fluency first approach. We now offer those games, big music games to schools all around the world. We have thousands of students playing them every single day and you can get started right now by going to bigmusicgames.com seven fms that's the number seven fms so i've made a landing page just for our listeners you can literally make an account and start playing these games with your students today in your lessons well i think it's very generous of you nate to offer to let people play those games right as uh, they get started i will tell yep. you that grouplessons.com offers something for those who are considering implementing a high margin group program in their studio and that is we give people our startup and onboarding plan for free right at the beginning. All you got to do is go over to grouplessons.com, sign up for a free demo. More than likely, it'll be me contacting you, and I will show you nice. everything about this system absolutely free of charge. You can look at our method books. You can look at our teacher guides. You can look at our startup checklist. We make it very simple for both small studios and large commercial studios to get started. Most people get started in two to three weeks. It feels like this big, scary thing. It actually isn't. Mm. We have thought through this so very carefully, and we help every owner 
who comes to work with us uh, get uh, get even one group going. So head on over to grouplessons.com. We'll show you how to do that. So, so Nate, in the spirit of what we were just talking about, it's easy to get started with big music games, easy to get started with grouplessons.com. Where should someone start either in their intellectual process um, or in actually getting employee benefits off the ground? Where's a good starting point for people or where, where's a good starting point for this conversation? I think you start small. It's just like building habits. Like forget about, can I offer medical? Can I offer these big things that seem uh, like they're going to be, you know, big and scary. Start with the simple. And let me just share, can I just share like four or five of really, really simple things that we offer at BMF as part of a benefits package that our listeners might be surprised and maybe they won't be, but our teachers love these benefits. Okay. Hmm. Things like um, free rehearsal space at our school. So there's a lot of working musicians that are teaching at BMF. They can come in after hours and use this space free of charge. A place like Brooklyn, I mean, they've got all their instruments. They've got everything they need. They're in a space they know and trust. They love that, right? And in a place like Brooklyn, they would be spending whatever, 50, 60 bucks an hour to rent a rehearsal space, but they don't need to do it anymore. It's free. It's at BMF. You can set up a system, just a simple Google Cal. I think that's all we do. It's not complicated, right? The next benefit that we started offering right away, which was a mega culture piece, is we offered free 30-minute private lessons with someone on the staff. So in other words, you're a voice teacher and you're like, you always wanted to level up your guitar playing. Well, now you're studying with one of our guitar teachers. It costs us a little bit because, of course, we're paying that teacher to teach another teacher. But the truth is, is like it creates great uh, team and culture at BMF because now oh, you're studying so cool. with one another. Yeah. And these teachers are just like beginning to, they're getting to know one another, they're trusting one another, and they may even start playing together. You know, those are a couple really simple things that we do. Here's a few other um, ways to sort of shift your mindset a little bit. And what's interesting, Daniel, is we get these questions all the time from school owners that we're coaching, which is like, Hey, Am I supposed to pay this for this meeting? Am I supposed to pay for that time outside of the actual teaching? And I think they're just genuinely wondering. They're not even saying like, hey, I don't want to pay. They just, they don't really know. How does this work when you have, you know, a teacher that's um, uh, showing up for all these different obligations, one of which is teaching. So I sort of reframe the, uh, the language I use are there are additional earning opportunities beyond your teaching hours. And so a few of them are, you know, you have paid training, you have paid meetings, you can, we have paid gigs, right? So all of these, we pay actually at their teaching rate. Because interestingly, um, Daniel, we had a teacher once who was at BMF for a long time, Sergio, just totally awesome member of BMF for like at least five years. And he once said to me, he's like, dude, Nate, like, if you pay me less to show up to the gig, it's still an hour of my time. I don't value my time any differently, whether I'm teaching the student or showing up to that exploration band meeting, right? I still, I'm, it's just me and it's an hour and it's, you're going to get the same version of me, right? Mm -hmm. So that was super helpful for me. I was just like, oh yeah, you're right. Value their time at a dollar amount that you know you can sustain and then give them additional earning opportunities beyond 
the teaching hours. So now let me frame this in this episode topic, because this is a good, I've just given you different ways to increase the benefits of being a teacher at, at your school, right? Um, we're not saying, hey, you can earn more money here. We're saying the benefit of working here is there are all these different earning opportunities as well as ways to save money, right? So there's a benefits package, free rehearsal space, free private lessons with other teach with teachers so that you can level up your skills, additional paid earning opportunities beyond the teaching hours. So why is it so important to use the term benefits package around those ideas, Daniel, is because if this teacher's coming from a freelance mindset of like, hey, I hustled a few piano students and now I get paid 60 bucks an hour to teach these piano students, they're always just going to translate, am I getting paid $60 an hour to teach when they come apply at your school? Right? They're only going to think in those simple terms. A minute of teaching equals a minute of pay. And you as the owner, you as the recruiter, at BMF, uh, at BMF or at your school, I as the recruiter at BMF have to actually change the language I use. Well, here are the benefits you have to working here. The entire benefits package includes all of these different earn earning opportunities, as well as ways to save money for you. Oh, by the way, you also get paid this to teach, hmm. right? So that's how I'm going to open it up. Like, what are some simple ways that you can begin to talk differently and offer more value to people that choose to work at your school? Okay. What's at stake here? What happens when owners get this right? Whether it's a large multi-teacher school or you're just hiring your first teachers, you're considering hiring teachers. Why should we even be talking about this? Let's just talk about yeah, because I think What's at stake? yeah, because I think there's probably some easily accessible ones that people can think of. Oh well, my teachers will be happier if they have benefits. So I probably should listen to this episode. Like, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what else? Here's the deal. What other good yeah. things will happen? You know, here's what's at stake, Daniel. Because I think this is a this is a pain point that we hear about all the time, and that I've felt at BMF before. I'm sure everybody listening here. Who is, um, yeah, who is looking to build a multi-teacher studio. It doesn't matter if it's right now. It can be in like, this can be part of your three-year plan, right? What's at stake is this. When you initially start doing hiring, you think what you're doing is offering just, you know, 10 hours of teaching piano. Who wants the job? That's your initial version of hiring, right? You think it's just transactional. What's at stake here? is that any, you're actually not doing that. You're actually trying to recruit people that want to help build this thing that you're trying to build. And those people, if they come in and they think of it just purely as a transactional, I get paid this to teach this, then you're likely not going to see them building what you want to build two years from now because they will have already left, right? All of the people listening that are nervous about their teachers coming in, taking on 25 students, and then a year from now, taking those students with them and starting their own thing. Like if you're listening and thinking, ah, 
I'm really, I kind of freaking out about that. I mean, I hear this happens all the time. That's what's at stake because you're approaching it already from a limited mind. You're approaching it from the mindset of these people are just coming in to do this one thing and it's transactional and they'll be gone anyways tomorrow. So what's at stake for us as owners is that if we don't actually shift our mindset to just beginning to say, use language around the benefits of working at Brooklyn Music Factory, go far beyond your teaching rate, then you're going to continually be spending time and energy on hiring, 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 hiring. It's going to happen over and over and over. And frankly, you're going to get exhausted. You're going to burn out. You're going to be like, why did I ever want a multi-teacher studio, right? Mm. So, you know, we've done some episodes all about how to budget this kind of thing. We're going to do more, I'm sure. We get asked all the time on the fina- about financial fluency and how to develop better financial fluency. Well, first, start by shifting your mindset to, hey, I want to offer some benefits that I can offer at a low to no cost, right? Low cost rehearsal space. You can broadcast that. You can stop listening right now. And then go onto your Slack with your school and be like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. Starting tomorrow, people can start using studios in our school to rehearse their, you know, their projects. From 9 to midnight every day, it's available. Right? That's, a fr- that's a low to no cost opportunity for you. All you have to do is figure out the, who's going to be sitting at the desk or what teacher is going to actually manage that. Right? Yeah. But, so that's, what the con- that, that's what's at stake here is that we just keep finding ourselves on the hamster wheel of burnout trying to hire new teachers every single year. Yeah. Uh, So what I'm hearing is you get this right, you have better teacher retention. Definitely. As a byproduct of that, you have better student retention because you won't have an exodus of students when inevitably a teacher leaves. Not just because they're being sleazy and taking students, but if they don't feel connected or this was just a paycheck for them and they get an even slightly better offer, they're going to, they're just going to leave and that's yes. going to cause chaos in the school. And now you're recruiting. So you're going to spend less recruiting time. These are compelling reasons. Can I, can I give you a flip positive on it? Yeah. So please. the negative is we burn out as a teacher. You just shared a couple really good positives, which is that, if a teacher at Brooklyn Music Factory feels like there's a benefit far beyond simply whatever their current teaching hourly wage is, mm. A, yes, they stay longer. B, as you pointed out, teacher retention equals student retention. For those of you that need the um, freaking algorithm, write it down right now. <laughs> teacher retention equals student retention equals profitability, which equals sustainability. Just write that equation down in your notebook. Actually, stop driving your car pull over, write that down. (laughs) Okay. And that should be a sticky note that you're looking at every single day. Teacher retention, hire great teachers, retain them. You'll have higher student retention, Daniel, as you put beautifully, which will mean that you'll reach profitability sooner, which will mean that you can start making your 10-year forecast because you can can imagine sustainability of this business. Mm. Okay, dig it. But another really plus benefit of this is that you have teachers that are now become advocates for your school and start recruiting other teachers to your school. Hmm. Because like this is a great place to work. 
I want you to come work here, they say to their friend, who, by the way, is most likely a values and purpose fit. If they're friends, they likely have overlapping values, right? So, so, you know, someone, someone, you know, like we've just had this happen. Like, um, literally like Hillary was like, my friend Morgan should absolutely work here. Morgan applied. Morgan's now working here. You actually have all these people that are out there, um, advocating for your school and it's your teachers. They're the ones helping you recruit. Not, of course, across the board. You still have to do a lot of work in the hiring funnel, but that's another really, really nice benefit. Mm. I do want to say that, Nate, a few minutes ago, you referenced some past episodes that where we've mm, looked nice. at other aspects of this conversation. I just want to point out to folks that those are episodes 43 and episode 49. One was talking about how to know what to pay teachers. And the other one was about uh, how you look at the total compensation package for teachers. So Love you might want to check those out if this is a topic that's really of interest to you. So Nate, you did a, a few minutes ago give a overview of two benefits that BMF offers. Could we maybe go through? Could we go through and give a more complete and exhaustive list? Maybe not going into excruciating detail on each one, but let's just talk about all the, or just even list out the various things that could be considered a benefit to teachers. I think totally. you, yeah, earlier you had mentioned that you offer rehearsal space, you offer lessons for teachers in the school. Um, yep. And I think people could hear that and think, okay, but let's, maybe go a little bit more into the financial aspects or the, or even the legal aspects. Like what is that kind of exhaustive list? Yeah. I'm going to actually read the list. I made a list of everything we offer. So number one, paid time off. If you're a salaried employee or teacher at BMF, we offer things like we start at, you know, we have paid holidays of which there are something like 17 a year here in New York. And then we have an, we offer an additional, five days of paid time off to start. That's in year one. And we just add a day every year after that. And obviously, if you've got, a, a, um, maybe you have someone who's been there five years and they're like, they're like, okay, dude, I'm still only at like, what is it, you know, eight or nine paid time off days. I'd like to get more. You can negotiate those things, but it's very simple. Paid time off. Second, we offer a retirement savings with 3% matching. That doesn't cost us much at all. You'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to cost you a bunch, but the reality is um, 3% of your total cost of labor, you can do the math pretty easily. Like mm -hmm. how much are you spending every two weeks on cost of labor? What would 3% of that be cost you? Next, um, again, we're a W-2 school, so you get the protections, paid sick leave, workers' comp, et cetera. You also get the, if you're a W-2 school, you're covering the social security tax for those teachers. That actually is like 13% for them. If they were freelance, They'd have to chop out a bunch of that right out of the gate, right? So you're you're saving them that money. Um, a, additional uh, benefits. So they get the first choice. All of our employees get first choice of additional earning opportunities. They can sub for other teachers. They can work all of our camps, which pay well. They can pay up to $220 or $250 a day. Birthday mm. parties. We do a ton of those. You, they pay really well. Um, so you can come in on the weekend. All you can also, we have a number of teachers that do additional admin support. 
Mm. That admin support, by the way, we don't pay at the teacher rate because it's okay. a different role. We pay at a role that's appropriate for that. So it might be $20 an hour, it might be $25 an hour, something like that. Okay. Um, again, I made a list. We pay for missed lessons. So if a student cancels the lesson, they still get paid. That's a really big differential for them. They need to understand that. Um, paid training, paid meetings, paid gigs, right? Um, what we've offered, uh, uh, we've also offered partnerships like with a local climbing gym. We got a ton of rock climbers in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the deal. All these people, all these teachers at our school are climbers. So we partnered with the gym and got them a free membership at the gym, right? Cool. It's just a local bit, small business. They, of course, are psyched to be able to support another a local music school. Um, so, and then free lessons we talked about. Um, now, so those are the things that we're currently offering in our benefits package. Okay. Okay. I so love that's that. a list. Yes. I know you want to jump into what you're hoping to offer. Before we do that, I do want to just point out something. In marketing, there's the idea of marketing bullets. The idea of these short, pithy statements or clever statements Mm -hmm. that highlight the benefits of the product you're offering. In the case of recruiting and hiring, you are marketing a job to someone. Yes. Everything that Nate just said, in my mind, is a marketing bullet. Because if you're putting a job offer out there and it says, need piano teacher, great culture, $35 an hour, the end. Yeah. That that feels really different than a much heftier uh, job description that talks in detail about school culture, the mission, the vision, the values. And they're like, oh, wow, this place sounds cool. And then it goes into here, here, here's the total benefits package that you get when you become a teacher for XYZ yeah. music school. And the first thought was like, benefits package? What? And right. then they're going through and they're reading this. Uh, oh, wow. PTO. Retirement. Eh, just right on down. Uh, sick yeah. leave. Workers comp. Um, additional earning opportunities. Paid missed lessons. Paid training. Paid meetings. Paid gigs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sign me up, please. Like This is so powerful. And the emotional impact on someone reading this versus just that kind of very scant mercenary job description that just focuses on that money piece only. Mm. This is a night and day difference in how someone's going to perceive that. And you, you lay the groundwork for them, not just doing this reductionistic comparison of pay rates between you and other opportunities they have. Um, you're, that is just a super valuable point because I feel like we've talked about this in a previous episode around hiring, but it was absolutely something that was shared with me by another school owner, which is what you said. You are not hiring. You're actually recruiting. And I just keep, Daniel, I'm a, I'm a baller, as you know. I mean, I'm not playing a lot these days, but boy, do I love myself some hoops. And so I'm thinking about as we're recording this, I'm thinking about the Damian Lillard trade that just happened to Milwaukee. And what I love is all reading about all of the back-channel recruitment and negotiation that goes on to try to move someone of that 
obviously that's a different, that's an extreme talent from one organization to the other. Mm. And then, so I go back to things like college coaches and one of the most valuable skills that they learn is actually how to make that home visit, how to just make a recruitment. So it's not, you're just playing on this team. It's what's the be full benefits of joining this organization to yeah. continue your career as a player. Um, so anyways, if we got any sports fans, any ballers out there listening, like just it's really interesting to listen to um, the pundits and also listen to the coaches and also listen to the GMs. And when they're talking about talent moving from one organization team to another, reframe it for yourself and imagine recruiting a teacher to your school, like an A-plus teacher to your school and think, huh, interesting. So Nate, you mentioned all the things that you are doing uh, in terms of benefits for people who are working for you. What are you, what are you hoping to offer in the future? Yeah, great question. So we tested out offering um, a healthcare, a medical plan before. Um, this was maybe in year five of BMF. And what happened, it was right around when um, – the same time that the, that, that the uh, federal government launched, you know, um, the ACA. They, yeah, exactly. So every state was mandated to have healthcare and blah, blah, blah. The point is, is that once we crunched the numbers, we we're like, well, we, we're not really even competing with the state plans. So it's not really worth doing. So hmm. at any rate, um, we're now revisiting it, right? Because it's a very different landscape now than it was, whatever that was, seven years ago. So one thing we plan on offering is some version of a medical so some, some kind of medical. Now, it doesn't have to be the traditional plan. It can be an HSA, like a health savings account. Just any kind of tax benefit to BMF, i.e., let's say we give every teacher, you know, even if it's like 250 bucks a month into an HSA, that gives us a tax benefit as a school. But it also shows that we intend to help them with that cost because the reality is for every one of our teachers, that's a serious part of their personal budget. Okay. Other things we want to offer coming up are um, really simple things like in Brooklyn, like, a, like you can offer commuter benefits. And so what we would do is we would offer a city bike membership. Like that's just, our, that, that's just the bike share. And there's a stop right by our school and everybody, most of the people live within like X number of miles and might bike to work. That kind of little thing helps. Um, another thing that we want to offer is a for a lot of these teachers – they are just trying to figure out their personal finance. They're just developing fluency around personal finance. They're figuring out even what it means. For them, it's mostly been like, you know, maybe they're like, I need to feed myself and pay rent. But they're all, you know, they would really benefit. We're offering, uh, I want to start offering a, um, a subscription to the same personal finance tool I use called YNAB. You just, mm. you need a budget. I think it's ynab.com. Anyways, yeah. it's a great educational site. So that's a simple new addition that we want to put cool. in there. Um, and, you know, so it's not a lot. It's like, it's not like my list is, you know, miles long. It's like, sure. okay, let me give some sort of commuter benefit. Let me give some sort of help on healthcare. Let me give some kind of um, additional educational benefits that go way beyond what it means to work at BMF and all the, all the benefits you get as a teacher and leveling up your skills. How about something that's really vital to everybody, which is just personal finance fluency, you know? So those things don't cost us a lot. We can write all of those off. Those are, give us all tax benefits too, as a, as a school. And 
um, those teachers now, to get back to your comment, Daniel, they're like, whoa, this is an entirely different type of place to work. This is 100%. not at all like having my own um, freelance teaching gig, right? Yeah. And the thing I would point out is that Nate framed this episode at the beginning by saying this isn't just about medical benefits. And and now we clearly, or you clearly understand exactly what he's talking about because Nate paying for subscriptions to this YNAB tool or a city bike membership, that's highly specific to values that Nate has and to their geography. Mm. City bike mm. might not even be in your city. Uh, <laughs> it probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, and if you're out in the suburbs, you probably aren't wanting to give bike memberships to people in your studio. This just comes down to knowing your team, your staff, your area, being invested mm-hmm. in these people, and even doing some internal surveying having conversations with staff to see what would be beneficial to them. Because just like in the world of products, you can make a product that nobody wants. And in this, you could think, ooh, I want to give this benefit to my team. And none of them could care. And they look at it. And for them, it's an emotional neutral or it could potentially even be an emotional negative because they're thinking like, man, I'd rather have this benefit, but you know, the, the school's paying for this one instead. And that actually gets yeah, me to yes. a question I have for you, Nate. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would go as far as to say that it's pushback, but let's just have a conversation. Let's just have a conversation about something that could be going through people's minds, which is, is this going to cost the school so much extra for the school, yeah. especially the school that is mostly private lessons? Maybe they aren't, haven't converted to group lessons yet. You know, they're already having a certain amount of their margin taken up by staff. So is this additional stuff that's just on top of what they're already paying? Or is this in some way, what's the blend here? I think you see what I'm getting at. And we did do a whole episode on this at one point, but I think it is worth talking about here again because we're delving specifically into one part of what that episode talked about. Yeah. So you know what I'm going to say right out of the gate. You must, if you're a listener here, prioritize at some point in your future learning financial fluency. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you exactly what it costs BMF to offer what we offer currently, because I have it in a spreadsheet that I just pulled up while we were recording, right? But I just want to open with that. So we have mm-hmm. some great episodes on financial fluency. I'm sure Daniel and I will do more on getting clear on budgeting, et cetera. Um, but let me give you real numbers right now. So the percentage that we spend just on retirement savings is was in 2023, 1.2 percent of our total earnings. 1.2 percent went to retirement savings. Now the tax cost, so that's the people ask all the time around like, well, what does it cost to have a W-2, et cetera? Um, It was 4.8 percent of our gross. 4.8 percent went to having W-2 employees, right? So that's the additional when we talk about the benefits of being a W-2 employee, like recovering their social security, they have now they have um, paid sick leave, which, by the way, is is a human right. <laughs> so, like, you should if you're sick, don't come get everybody else sick at school, but you should be able to recover. Um, and it's not unlimited, you know. It's it's if you're a full time employee, you get five days of paid sick leave over the course of a year. Seems fairly reasonable. We probably get sick five days a year, you know, and it shouldn't break your bank. Um, but at any rate, as a little sidebar. But the point is, is it costs us 4.8%. So if you're a school that's grossing 
say $100,000 right now, you, you, already, you could take the BMF numbers and be like, okay, here's the place I'm going to start budgeting. I'm just going to open up my Evernote and start dreaming about this. Okay, Nate says that probably, you know, somewhere around uh, 1% of that $100,000 is going to go towards retirement savings. By the way, you, Daniel, you want to know who else is on retirement savings? Me. <laughs> right. Kira, my partner, mm-hmm. Jessica, my wife. Right, we're all on taking advantage of this. Did I have like a robust retirement savings account before BMF when I was a freelance musician? The answer is no. I had like a pretty good Roth that I eventually cashed out for something else. Mm-hmm. Right? But the retirement savings now is is just so much stronger than it ever was before because I signed up for the same program that my teacher signed up for, right? And BMF matches it. I see. So I'm, you know, so those things are really beneficial for us, especially if you're a single studio teacher right now and you're like, how does this even pertain to me? And you've made it this far in the app and you're listening. Well, right there, that's a very real thing. You're just like, hey, wait a minute. I should be setting up retirement right now within the under the guise of this company, and I should be taking advantage of it. Right. Mm. So those are the percentages that get started. And you know, we'll do a follow-up episode at some point and we'll say, Nate, did you follow through on offering like an HSA or medical? And did you follow through on offering that city bike share? Did you follow through on offering that YNAB membership? And then hopefully I'll say yes to those. And, and I'll follow with, and this is the percentage it cost us to make that investment into the team. Now, you mentioned two percentages there. I know that isn't inclusive of every benefit you offer, but let's just say for the sake of argument that the total benefits that you're offering all the team members and employees comes up to, I don't know, 8%, 10% of total mm-hmm. gross, Right. Mm-hmm. Are you taking that number into account when you're choosing what to pay your teachers? That's a great question. And absolutely. Mm. Because you're not running a company of teacher wages. You're running a company of operational expenses, which all uh, many of these benefits will fall underneath. And then you're running a cost of labor. But I am, let's just go cost of labor for a second. Cost of labor, let's say the teaching wage, you get to somewhere between 30, let's say 30 and 40%. So 30 cents or 40 cents of every dollar goes to the teacher just to cover the direct cost of showing up to the lesson. I have no problem with adding another five cents of every dollar going to additional benefits. Yeah, I have no problem of even adding another 10 cents. So now you're all the way up to 40 to 50 cents a dollar goes to the complete benefits package. And that's Mm -hmm. actually where it probably should be. So for many of our listeners that maybe are just focused on the cost per hour for a teacher, you might be actually already paying them 50 cents of every dollar, right? You might be paying 60 or 70 cents of every dollar. So to answer your question, in order to begin to develop a much better, more robust, interesting benefits package, you're probably going to have to roll back that hourly to somewhere around 40 cents of every dollar and then invest another 10 cents or 15 cents into additional benefits, right? Now you might, so 
because um, and I, and if I can just be totally transparent, when we first started BMF, I've talked about this in previous financial fluency episodes. I um, had no idea what I was doing from a budgeting standpoint, so I yeah. just hired my friends and I paid them what I thought I should get paid. Yeah. So it was just like sixty, seventy cents on the dollar or whatever it was. Do you ever get pushback from employees around the benefits? In other words, do you ever get a sense with employees that they would rather just have the cash versus the benefits? You know, because if you're play, paying a lower rate in hourly mm-hmm. wage and they're getting these benefits on top of it, those might seem invisible to them or they don't see the full value of those benefits. Have you ever have you ever received pushback like that? Or is there so much appreciation for those benefits that you haven't really heard something like that before? You know, I think that's a great question. I, I'm not going to say I've gotten pushback. I'm also not going to say I've gotten a bunch of people saying, man, we're so grateful for all the benefits. It doesn't exactly work like that, right? That's not actually how um, building sort of a culture and a team works. Um, I would say what what you're doing is you're trying to create an environment that extends beyond, as I said before, a transaction. And so what I have done in the past is realized, oh, yes, of course, cash is essential. Like, so we've talked about this in previous episodes around things like the re-enrollment bonus, the end of year bonus. Like I've gotten smarter around realizing like, oh, it's December, our budget, our budget has looked really good. I'm gonna do something as simple as just give everybody, you know, on the team a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Like, and you'd be like, huh, does that really do they really are they really grateful for that? It turns out. Yes. People are super grateful for any time you think about them and and sharing some of the um, fruits of all of our labor, right? So it may not seem like a big gesture to some of our listeners, but it turns out that everybody benefits. Everybody is grateful, rather. So it's not exactly answering your question, Daniel, but I've gotten much wiser to the fact that if there's ever an opportunity to share um, additional cash beyond the contracted benefits, I am try much harder to do that at regular intervals. So in the form of re-enrollment bonuses, in the form of end of year, thank you uh, gifts, in the form of mm-hmm. things like that. So it's yeah. not exactly answering your question, but it's it's being aware that that's still an important piece, of course. Hundred percent. You know, as we go into the close here, I would just offer a few pieces of advice to people. And Nate, I'm just going to drop these very quickly. And if you have any comment on them, I'd love to hear it. But first, mm. this is something you're considering. If this is something you're currently wrestling with, or if as an owner you're already doing some of this, but this has sparked some creativity to perhaps see how you can further make your school a great place to work at. Here's some thoughts that I would offer out there. To, to get something like this going in the school, first, you need to understand your numbers. And so there is this financial fluency piece that Nate has referenced throughout this episode. You need to have a cash flow statement. You need to understand where the money's going to right now. Uh, if that mm-hmm. means doing it yourself, that's cool. If it means hiring a bookkeeper, 
then so be it. The larger your school, probably the more budget you have to hire something like a bookkeeper. Uh, but if you have to get going yourself, I will tell you, it doesn't take that much to kind of get a handle on the financial piece of things. And just an afternoon studying, how do I build a PL or how do I build a cash flow statement? You could be well on your way. That's the first thing. Second thing, look at the current compensation. As Nate said, what most people do and what most people focus on is, well, should it be 60-40 split or should it be 55-45 um, mm. split or should it be 50-50? That is a, is a great place to begin. And those numbers aren't without their merit. But what I would say is that to move from infancy to full adulthood and your financial fluency, you got to stop thinking that way. And again, these steps are designed to get you out of that thinking. And that second step is kind of looking at current compensation and then looking at that in the light of what your overall numbers are in the school, which is why the first step was build that, that PL, that PL that you look at monthly. Third is to do some research on what some of these things would cost you. As I was looking at Nate's notes for this episode, he knows how much it costs to offer that city bike membership, right? Mm -hmm. He knows what some of these things cost. So it's going out there and getting that information. And then, then you're building a, an actual real uh, financial model. There are some other things that you could do, such as outsourcing your HR. There are tools that will allow you to do that so you don't have to fully bear the burden of all this work. And then there are some really out there things that we didn't even talk about here in the episode today, such as... Um, uh, looking into looking into a PEO where you can get uh, the benefits of being a member of a larger organization in terms of how much it costs to offer health benefits yeah. or medical or things of that nature. So given those steps that I was just talking about there, any comments on that or anything else you would add in terms of a necessary step that you see listeners or watchers of this podcast episode that they would have to take to get going on this? Yeah, 100%. Number one... Um, start with easy. Hmm. Ask yourself, what can I do right now that actually doesn't cost, it costs little to no extra money and differentiates my school from others? Things like free rehearsal space. Things like, I, I didn't mention this before, but we have a monthly community concert and we pay our teachers something like 300 bucks to come do the concert. We give them 300 bucks. They bring their band. It's just a simple thing and it's really beneficial and it's not a lot of money. But figure out right now one way you can differentiate your school from other employers and implement it. Just like decide in the next three months, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to announce this and I'm going to figure out a system of, to sustain it. Okay, that's number one. And then number two, understand that, Daniel, I love your comment around research. For the longest time, the way I functioned was if it was an idea, it needed to be implemented. And I skipped one of the most <laughs> important steps, which was, dude, if it's a cool idea, it means step number two is do research on it. Right? Like just implementing is not your next step. It's just you started by listening to this podcast. Now take your list of ideas and say, okay, over the next three months, I'm going to dedicate like three hours to researching two or three of these ideas. And then just get your Evernote with the information in there. And from there, you're likely going to be like, hmm, there's one phone call to a friend that I need to make. Or I'm going to reach out to Daniel or Nate and be like, hey, wait, I have a question now that I've done some research right? And that's it. 
but apps don't don't listen to this like Daniel you put so well this is not like edutainment we're not like we're not listen we didn't make it through a 50 minute 7 fms podcast to be like huh that was interesting decide on something that you're going to implement and then decide on something that you're going to research let me give you one super easy research tool right now we use gusto to process all our payroll and to process most of our benefits, right? Just go to the Gusto website and watch all of their free, you know, sales marketing tutorials on this stuff. You will learn a ton. You don't have to sign up for it. Just be like, oh, that's fascinating. I didn't realize I could do that. I didn't realize there was a tool that would actually carry most of the admin load for me. Right now, I can just figure out what it's going to actually cost because they'll just like your group lessons um, site, Daniel. A place like Gusto will give you calculators and say this is what it's going to cost roughly. So that's it. I'm closing with that. Take action on something that's easy and that's low cost or no cost right away, and then make your research list and begin to change the way you talk about the benefits of working at your school. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, Would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please, share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.